Hello listeners, it's my utmost pleasure to welcome you to this podcast on female genital mutilation. Our show known as Cut the Cutting Culture comes to you courtesy of Hats 100 and Sea Hope Nigeria. And I am your host, Betty Abba. And we are very, very excited to be bringing you the second episode of this series that deals with female genital mutilation, that harmful tradition that has affected and maimed the sexuality of women and girls across the world, particularly in Africa and in several parts of Nigeria as we speak. This show tends to look at the issues to highlight the fact, the harms that female genital mutilation cause, especially the impact on women and girls, and how this harmful culture can be stopped. And we are so very excited today to have on our show the second edition of the series. And today, I'm super, super excited to welcome our guest on this wonderful show. The very amazing personality, very amiable. She's a gender advocate and TV personality. Yinka Kenny is also the founder of the Yinka Kenny Girls Foundation. Yinka Kenny, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Yeah, I'm so delighted to be here, you know, when it's talking about something to make the life of the feminine gender better i i would always make time to make myself available thank you so much for having me today thank you so when we talk about female genital mutilation what comes to your mind what's your first impression okay uh let me start from being someone that was mutilated ignorantly consciously or unconsciously whichever way but the fact remains that one is being mutilated when it comes to uh, female genital mutilation uh, we talk about um, let me use the layman's language that's a situation where the woman or the female right now is being cut her genitals are being clipped they are being cut and they are done in several ways it could be a partial cutting or a complete cutting mm. and you see this is due to so many traditional beliefs which a lot of people are advocating now so that we can stop as much as we are advocating well the advocacy is working but then we still have a long way to go because you you look at research Re- research tells us even here in nigeria 27 percent of females rather uh, between the ages of zero and 15 they go through this process and they go through this process with within a society where they feel nothing is wrong with it now nothing is wrong with it but medical researchers they have come out to tell us that a whole lot is wrong about this they have come out to tell us that it affects the fertility of women it causes infection and you know in some cases it even causes um, life-threatening uh, diseases and then even it causes um, death in some cases also. And these are many more reasons why we today advocate that this act is um, barbaric and must stop. Thank you very much. Uh, it's really strike me and I'm really sorry that you are a victim <laughs> or a survivor. A victim rather, because this is a permanent damage of um, a female genital mutilation. Um, would you tell us what really happened? Were you so young then? <laughs> what really I would, um, I would led say, to that? I would say that personally, 
I was even ignorant of whatever it is. And I will tell you that somehow my parents too are ignorant. It tells you way back that because I spoke with a very, very senior uh, nurse because while I was looking for answers to my questions that how come my mother doesn't know? How come my father doesn't know? I as a person, well, I never knew until I was about 39 when I discovered. I had to talk to several people and a senior nurse made me realize that those days, many years, it used to be enough that, you know, something carried out, even it has to be like we do the circumcision of the boy. You know, your parents were not aware. When I discovered, I walked to my mom and I asked her, I said to her, Mom, was I circumcised? She looked at me as if I was coming from God knows where. Mm. I said, yes. She said, she doesn't think so. I said, I really am circumcised. She said, no. I said, I am. I was caught. She said, are you sure? I said, yes. Because one and the error most of us females do is that we never ever uh, take the mirror to look at what is beneath us. We never, you know, at any point in time, take the mirror to want to examine what is actually there. So at the point in which you happen to meet the masculine gender that is has a good knowledge of this fact mm. and walks up to you to say that you are actually mutilated and you look and you are like, excuse me, mm. what's the meaning of this? That actually was my case. But the only experience I would say as a person is that before then, I would say that I never really looked up to sex because I never really, you know, enjoyed sex. You know, I remember in my younger days that uh, I lived with a group of ladies and, you know, the way they talk about sex with so much ecstasy, with so much interest. And I sit back in my corner mm. and I want to begin to wonder, are they, what do they really enjoy in all of this? Because mm. for me, it's pain. Mm. Even if I have to do it once in a while, you know, it's, for me, it's painful. But, mm. you know, as young girls, once in a while, you want to belong. You know, so you just do it, but you still go back to your corner and say, why is it that mm. they are enjoying this and I am not enjoying mm. this? Mm. So until the day I was actually told I was mutilated, it was really interesting. And I got home, one of my sisters, so to speak, she's my in-law, but uh, uh, we became sisters, was living with me. She's also matured. I got home immediately. I called her. I said to her, mm. Someone said to me that I was mutilated. She loved and loved and loved and uh, uh, where is that coming from? I said, today we have to check. <laughs> Honestly, we still talk about that day and all of us laugh. So I said, we will start from you. We picked a mirror. We looked through our vagina. We looked through our clitoris and we saw the way it was and everything. I said, okay, let's check mine. And we actually checked that. And it was different. I almost do not have. My God. And she screamed. She screamed, she said, Aunt Kenny. I was like, really? <sighs> so I said, okay. When my daughter comes from school, she will be another case study. At least I know, <laughs> I know I didn't, I didn't mutilate my daughter. Oh my so, you know, because when you discover things, most mm. especially at matured age, it worries you emotionally. Mm. If you're not careful, it affects you psychologically. You begin to retrace a lot of things that had happened to you in the past. And you begin to tell yourself, if you had the knowledge of this, maybe you could have done this right, mm. you could have done that right, you could have gone this way, or you could have even spoken to your you know, sexual partner on what to do to make me enjoy things, that this is where I'm coming mm. from. 
So because a lot of sexual partners might not even know where you are coming from. So they don't understand. And at the end of the day, they inflict pains on you that gives you, that damages you emotionally, psychologically, and in every other way. So my daughter came from school. So when we allowed her to sleep, she slept at the middle of the night. I realized that my daughter's clit was almost times five what I had. And mm. then she was just a very little girl. I remember that night I wept. I wept and wept and fucked. How on earth this... I mean, who could have done this without your parents' consent or even knowledge? Till tomorrow, you know, and that's the, one of the... In my own case, you know, most times some children, it's been done for them with you know, their parents. Of course, it's not the parents that usually mm. will have them cut. But you know, they give consent because it's like a norm in their family is what runs in the line. Well, mother cannot remember. Yeah. It's still a mystery. And that's the painful part of it. Because I asked her and she said she doesn't know. She was trying to because actually when I was born, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was born a, a set of twins and there were complications here and there. Myself, my twin sister, at the end of the day, she lost my twin sister. And, you know, maybe in the midst of everything, a lot of things happened. And, you know, maybe a memory loss. Unfortunately, my father could not be aware because my father was away in the UK. So, you know, I, so I felt there was even no point asking my father because my mother that was around could not even understand or remember. You see, in my own case, it, that is the painful part of the story because I cannot even trace where it came from. Did it come from the nurses or did it come from probably my grandmother or whatever? And you know, when it's been done as a baby, the bleeding, you know, might not be as much as when you are an adult. When you are adult. So these are part of the damage is being mm. done to the girl child mm. for reasons there's no fault of us. She didn't ask for this. She didn't ask to be a girl. She didn't ask to be born into a, a certain society. She didn't ask to be born in a certain kind of, uh, of family. And you realize that some people, they grow up, they can't have children. Medical research has traced some back to the fact that they were actually mutilated. And a lot of them, that were mutilated as an adult, as they, they had actually grown up. Before they were mutilated, they go through so, so, so much. Some actually bleed so, to death. So much, so yes. Bleed to death. They go through so, so much. Oh, and okay. you see so many beliefs, so many myths mm. surrounding all yes. of them. Thank you so much. That was really, really enriching. So at this point, we'll take a short break and we'll be back shortly. Please she do stay with us. Yeah, so talking about meat now, let's take it from there. I was in Senegal some years ago and I met a very interesting old man in Senegal who had been fighting against uh, female genital mutilation in his community. Mm. And he's gone around the world, gone around other West African countries, even beyond the region to campaign against um, female genital mutilation because it was a real big deal in his community then. If you're not mutilated, you're not seen as an ideal woman, you cannot get exactly. married. Mm -hmm. A lot of meat around it, a lot of sentiment. Mm -hmm. It was a very strong culture. Mm -hmm. Right now, is zero cutting in his community. Mm -hmm. And he has become an advocate against female mutilation. So I asked him one question. That one of the meats around female that propels that culture, that sustains it, 
is that people say if you're not mutilated as yeah, a woman, you're going to be promiscuous. Meanwhile, to me, my own personal view, the female gender are not actually the naturally most promiscuous. So if you're going to cut a woman, what are you doing to the man who have a bigger tendency to even be promiscuous? Anyway, talking about what the conversation I had with the old man, I asked the old man, so is it true that women who are caught, who are not caught, tend to be promiscuous? And those who are caught are less promiscuous. And he told me, in reality, there's no such thing, that there's no difference, that there's no nothing in reality that has shown that girls who are not caught are more promiscuous, or that those who are caught are less promiscuous. I, that I does think... not stand any water, mm. um, realistically speaking. So, mm. And this is coming from an old man mm. in a community, mm. Senegal, that used to have very high rates, almost 100% cutting for girls when they reach a certain age. So why is the world still going ahead with female genital mutilation when the meat has been busted, so to say? You see, from my personal experience, like I said to you that um, before the knowledge of the fact that I was mutilated, I never enjoyed intercourse, so to speak. From my own personal perspective, I just feel that is where the school of thought is coming from because uh, naturally it takes an extra effort for your partner to make you really enjoy this act and most often than not we realize that um, most men do not really take that you know go that extra mile and um, probably you as a lady also if you've not done your research you do not know yourself you do not know the things that turn you on, on and how you go about it you just you're just there like i told you in my younger age as a younger girl i never enjoyed sex so it just made me stay in my shell i feel that that is where that belief was you know brought from that okay probably when a female doesn't enjoy sex it keeps her to herself but i would say that that's a violation of human right mm. because i own the right once i am no more a minor i own the right to want to do sex or not want to do sex. Nobody, not even my parents, can decide for me when I am no more a minor. So it's a violation of my right. So this should not be. So mm. I feel, you know, that's where their school of thought is coming. What do you think our government is doing enough to end this barbaric tradition? Huh. Okay, we remember in 2015, former president, uh, good luck, uh, Jonathan, the law was put out where there was a ban on the female genital mutilation. But the problem we have in this part of the world is implementation. How many of our laws have we been able to really implement? A lot of things are going on out there that we have enough laws that should guide us to all of this but then we find out that everybody is just a master of himself doing whatever he or she wants to do a colleague did a documentary where i played a major role in that documentary and then we did a lot of research you still realize that there are some places some communities even in your state down here that still go about doing all of this and they still feel it's none they have their beliefs they have their reasons why they are doing all of this and nobody is talking to them except people like you and myself and other people standing up you know to take up this advocacy so for me the government is not really doing enough 
about all of this because you realize that some of the elites they have their faults even in all of this i want to tell you and you can take back to the bank that some of these elites they still are of the school of thought that a female should be mutilated now let me tell you the day international day against uh, female genital mutilation and then we had a road uh, show uh, where we went out on the street just around here is over to synthesize people about you know female genital uh, mutilation here in lagos and we came across a lot of people so to speak educated people so you see we, we met several elites and they still are of the school of thought that this is just the right thing to do tell me you ask them what is the reason and they tell you that is the way what they made their parents do it and they are doing it you can just use you can just imagine mm. so i like i said after that uh, uh road show i said to my colleagues that it seems we need really to do so much advocacy even within the elite because we take it to the grassroots we take it to the uneducated but then these elites that even so to speak govern us what is their belief about all of this so if they are still of the opinion that the female should be mutilated then we have not started thank you so much like you mentioned earlier uh, the problem with us in nigeria with laws such as the one against female genital mutilation is implementation yeah. is enforcement even something as basic as awareness creation for mm -hmm. people to know their rights and to know that this is wrong like you rightly said in 2015 uh, under the good luck jonathan's government a new law was enacted which was the violence against persons prohibition mm -hmm. act um or VAP act which among other things prohibits um female genital or criminalizes female genital yeah, mutilation widow, widowhood rights uh, harmful widowhood traditions and all of that but it's unfortunate that in many parts of the country fgm is still ongoing harmful cultural practices such as widowhood rights are still ongoing and we believe that with a show like this we'll be able to create more awareness we'll be able to speak truth to power be able to hold the policy makers accountable so that they ensure that these laws are enforced it's not just for the sake of enactment and making all of the noise but to ensure that it is passed because many of these laws are life-saving imagine female genital mutilation procedures leading to excessive bleeding exactly. and then death exactly. of the victims in this century it's completely abominable it's not acceptable it, most of the mm. times it, it causes difficulty mm. in childbearing yeah people also need the awareness I understand that in some cultures it is said that when women are not uh, circumcised if a woman is not circumcised and if she goes into labor and the head of the baby touches her clitoris <laughs> the baby dies and, I, and I've not seen a baby that has died, I've been medically proven to have died mm. as a result of hitting mm. the mother's clitoris. Mm. Those are some of the myths. Mm. And then educated people tend to buy into it. Mm. But we believe that with more awareness and then people that are in positions of authority ending some of these harmful cultural practices that will have a better world and women will live better, they will express their sexuality in a more healthy way. I believe that all of us will be happy for it. So we're going to be talking more and more with experts and other persons against the uh, female genital mutilation practice in Nigeria. We're going to be shining light against this modern day evil mm. 
with um, this show. And I'm really happy again to have you today, Inka Kenny. Uh, it's been so inspiring. And I'm so happy that um, in spite of you being a victim, you keep doing what you know best, speaking for other women. And um, I believe that with time, we're going to have victory at the end of the day. So thanks so much again for coming on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you for your time, for your attention. And I hope that you've been enriched by this podcast coming your way, courtesy of Facts 100 and See Hope Nigeria against female genital mutilation, a modern day evil, a modern day scandal, so to say, uh, against womanhood, against girlhood across the world. Thank you very much. And I remain your host, Betty Abba. Bye for now. See?